Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and today we are speaking about how to navigate feelings of sadness and some of the tools that you can use in your everyday life in order to do so. So thank you for tuning in and let's get to it. Hey everybody, good afternoon. Thank you so much for attending today's episode. It's a rainy afternoon on this Monday and initially I was going to speak about the recent hike that I went on in Pennsylvania called Hawk Mountain and I was going to get into the details of that. However, in today's episode I wanted to speak about how to navigate feelings of sadness or frustration and anger. And another thing that I want to do during this episode is practice the art of communication. And by that, I mean avoiding using the terms I, my, or me. Because in order to be an effective communicator, those statements such as I, my, and me are very subjective and it's very hard for people to relate to someone who is only speaking from the subjective point of view. So with that being said, there may be some pauses in my speech and there may be some time where I really have to think and cultivate what I really want to say. So to begin today's episode, again, I just wanted to speak on how to navigate those, those feelings of sadness or agitation or frustration because we all experience those, those feelings throughout our day, whether we wake up feeling like that or we are going about our day and something happens that triggers those feelings of frustration, sadness, and anger. Or we might go to bed experiencing those emotions. And experiencing those emotions is so important in developing character and improving one's well-being because when you are in those states of emotional irregularity you are feeling heavy and you are feeling disappointed and your self-image may not be the way in which you truly do see yourself on a regular basis and this is this is all okay how can you expect to feel 100% 100% of the time when you're giving 100% of yourself to every single day at a certain point there is going to be feelings of fatigue or burnout and when one reaches those moments, you can't expect to think of yourself or act in a way that is 100% because eventually 
burnout will happen. And when burnout does happen, it's so important to not take those feelings of disappointment and frustration personally. Because when one does take it personally, it's so much harder to get out of that hole that you're in. What you're doing is you're making yourself not feel good because you don't feel good. And it's so easy to give in to the trap of not feeling good because you don't feel good. A lot of people, what we do is we expect so much of ourselves to perform as optimally as possible. But one of the more important things in navigating everyday life is that it's essentially impossible to give your best every single day. And sometimes giving your best might actually be doing the best you can in that moment. And sometimes doing the best you can in that moment means recharging. It means resetting. It means laying down and resting. And a lot of the time, we do not give ourselves that break. We perform 100% and don't understand why we're feeling burnt out. We accept these obligations because we feel as though we need to keep going. We need this external validation in order to love ourselves. Because a lot of the time when we are constantly doing and doing and completing these tasks, that is a form of deceived self-love. And self-love can really just be resting, the rest that you deserve from giving 100% of yourself every single day. And from personal experience, I really can resonate with that. And sometimes being productive means taking a step back and taking that rest that is so deserved. When you are pushing yourself every single day, not only will you become burnt out more easily, but when you do become burnt out and you still continue to go, the things that are in jeopardy are your immune system, the level of stress, your blood pressure, your whole body begins to function at stress. And some stress is good. Stress puts us in action. And stress allows us to have that brief moment of anxiety that is actually healthy for us and allows for us to perform and complete tasks that are needed. However, 
when we are putting stress on our bodies in moments where that stress isn't needed, our body begins to shut down and our body begins to attack itself because it is in a state of fight. And when we are in this constant state of fight, we are much more susceptible to emotional irregularity and distorted perceptions of thinking and negative self-image. And before you know it, we are taking five to 10 steps back and we're digging a hole that is so much deeper than what it really needs to be. And so going back to the topic of this episode in understanding and knowing how to navigate sadness, one of the more important things in that is understanding that happiness and sadness are a lot more similar and related than we perceive them to be. In one case, you can say that happiness and sadness are on two complete opposite sides of the spectrum as far as emotions are concerned. However, those two emotions are similar in that they are both thrived on a state of heightened well-being, whether that is good or bad. And our perception toward these emotions is what gives it value. this great state of passion and when one experiences sadness what you're really doing is you are experiencing the beauty of life and you are experiencing the beauty of being a human being because without those feelings of sadness you are essentially not experiencing what it is to be a human being. Those emotions are so vital and critical to how we navigate life. And again, without sadness, there is no happiness. Happiness is measured on a scale based on the sadness that we ha might have felt in the past. So... It's important to experience sadness with acceptance. Once that sadness is met with acceptance, you are able to look at it and feel it with more clarity and less judgment. Holding that judgment over that sadness that we all experience puts us in a hole so much deeper than we wanted to even be in in the first place and it's okay to feel sad just like it's okay to feel happy and emotions are like the tide or happiness is even like the tide sometimes the tide comes in and sometimes the the tide comes out and 
even with the weather, like today it's raining, but that's okay. Sometimes there's going to be sunny days, no clouds, beautiful days, and sometimes there are going to be bad days where it's cloudy and it's raining and it's, and it's cold. But this is ultimately out of our control, just like our emotions are out of our control. We don't hold judgment toward the weather. We don't hold judgment toward nature because that is out of our control. But we human beings are nature. We are we are a part of nature. So to hold judgment against us, ourselves, because of the emotions that we are experiencing is counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive to feeling happy. It's counterintuitive to getting back on track and really feeling good about yourself. And one of the more beautiful things about being a human being is that we are able to feel sad, just like we are able to feel happy. And it's really important, even though you are feeling sad and you are feeling heavy, to continue doing the things that make you feel good and to continue with those routines that are ingrained in your DNA, that are ingrained in your brain, ingrained in your life. Because the moment we slip out of those of those habits, out of those things that make us feel good, especially when we're feeling bad, it is so much harder to get back on track. And when we are continuing to do the things that make us feel good when we're not feeling good is what will keep is what will further facilitate the neuroplasticity that is so vital for continuing habits and continuing to have the discipline to move through life regardless of our state of well-being so if you, for instance, like to exercise, but you only exercise when you're feeling good, chances are you're not going to exercise that much. And if you only exercise when you're motivated to exercise, chances are you're not going to exercise that much. And there's a really good quote about discipline. And I might be butchering this, but it goes, motivation follows action. And so when we are in a state of action, it allows for that motivation to carry on. But don't get me wrong, going back to my beginning point, sometimes you do need to rest to recalibrate and that's okay. It's a matter of understanding what your body needs at that moment. And what I mean by that is not giving into those feelings of despair and sadness and disappointment and accepting those feelings of sadness and disappointment and despair. You are experiencing the art of being a human being. You are experiencing 
what it is to be alive and feeling those feelings of sadness will ultimately make you further appreciate those feelings of of happiness and so it's really important to reach out to a friend to continue those routines but also accept the emotions that enter your life whenever they decide to enter your life. So the reason why I wanted to do this episode today was because I woke up feeling very agitated. I woke up feeling very frustrated and I woke up feeling as if I wanted more out of my life. And I think it's really important to have an outlet for when you are having those heavy feelings, whether it be journaling or talking to a friend or exercising. So to begin on how to work through those feelings of sadness aside from accepting those feelings of sadness is again reaching out to a friend reaching out to a friend can be so important during these moments because it allows you to communicate with somebody communicate with somebody you love about your well-being in that moment and having a friend to support you through those times will show you that you are not alone and it will show you that you do have people you love and even if you don't have any friends in your life there are support groups there are support groups for so many different things that you might not even see or know about and it's so important to know that you are not the only person experiencing those feelings of depression and in these support groups somebody might have already gone through something that you are going through and so it it is to say that yes Everybody does have their own problems and their own issues and things that they do need to work through. However, reaching out to somebody who may have already gone through the thing you are experiencing is so important. And people do want to help. People really do want to help, especially if you do attend these support groups because the people who are in these groups, they don't want anybody to go through those things that they have gone through. So having that outlet is really important. But another outlet that from my own life that I've experienced is journaling. And journaling allows for one to have their racing thoughts have an outlet. And that pen and paper in front of you can be so intimidating 
because you want everything to sound perfect or you are afraid of your own thoughts and your own anxieties. However, putting that pen to the paper and allowing yourself the vulnerability to speak freely about something that might bother you is actually so beneficial because it allows you to get things off of your chest and it allows you to read it over again to see where your flaws in thinking are, your distorted perceptions or maybe those self-sabotaging thought patterns that you might be experiencing. And when you look it over, maybe even an hour later, you'll understand that the emotional state that you're in might have been a fallacy or it might have just been not true. And it is so easy to give in to those feelings and have that negative self-talk when you're feeling bad about yourself. However, if you look at it a few days later, a month later, a week later, whatever it is, and you read it over, you'll be able to see that. You'll be able to see where your thought pattern is, and you'll understand how far you've grown from that. So journaling can be a really good outlet for people who do not want to share with other people the things that they're going through, but also have something that's very personal to them. And from my own experience, looking back on journal entries that I've written from a few years ago and reading them like the other day, it shows you how much you've grown from the person you were to the person that you are now. And it's it's nostalgic to look back on those things because it puts you in that space that you were in and it allows you to look at those issues or those problems that you were facing with such a different thought pattern, being such a different person, and having grown from those issues and seeing how those problems worked themselves out over time. So a lot of the time when we do look back on the issues and the problems that we face in our lives, we don't really remember how they work themselves out or we don't remember how attached to these emotions we were at that time. So to have something in front of you that's tangible and you're able to read it, it it's there's so much growth in that because you can see how you've changed as a person and or how that situation might have changed you. So journaling could be a really beautiful way to get out of your own head and put that pen to the paper. And something else that a lot of people do not do, however, I feel is so important for a person's well-being is going to therapy. Um, Going to therapy allows for people to bring up things that are bothering them in the moment or speak about certain traumas they might have experienced and having a professional clinical therapist in front of you to dissect these issues, to work through that trauma and understand how the reactions and the ways in which you navigate life are centered 
around that trauma that you might have experienced, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with parents, whether it's with your friends, and it allows for you to have an objective view on your on the things that you might be going through at that time and a professional a clinical therapist works with you over the span of a couple months a year a couple years whatever it is and recognizes these patterns that you exhibit throughout your life the things that you bring into therapy and Brings them up to you so that way you can recognize your own patterns, your own distorted thinking, your own self-sabotage. And having somebody hold you accountable and having somebody who recognizes these patterns with within you allows you to grow from that. And it allows you to have that aha moment where you catch yourself. And having a therapist makes you think about how you navigate everyday life. It makes you think about the things that your therapist has, the the advice that your therapist has provided for you in those in those sessions. And having that outlet, having that professional help and having them assist you in navigating your own life can be such an important tool for navigating through those feelings of sadness and through those feelings of grief and despair and disappointment. So having a therapist can be super beneficial for recognizing those patterns within you that keep on coming up, emotional reactivity, emotional irregularity, trauma responses, things of that nature. So therapy can really, can really, really be helpful. And there are so many other tools that can help you navigate those feelings of sadness. But the last thing I want to speak about is diet and exercise. And I could have chosen to make these two very different things. However, when they're coupled together, it is such a powerful tool for well-being. And the reason why I say that is because one of the things that I've read about exercise that I think is very, very important is that when you exercise, it gives you a high and it releases endorphins within you that allow you to have that release. And another thing I read is that sometimes when you exercise, it can give you the same feelings of, like I said, a high. And having that tool, having that outlet for exertion is very beneficial for one's being. Because when you leave the gym, no matter how hard your workout was, no matter how the workout might have been perceived by you, there is no such thing as a bad workout. And giving as much as you can in the gym allows you to work through your own problems with more with more ease. And exercising doesn't even mean going to the gym and lifting weights. It can be yoga, it can be tai chi, it can be running, it can be walking, it can be just lifting a kettlebell up and down, whatever whatever form of exertion that best suits you is is so vital. 
But the other part of this that I wanted to talk about was was diet and having a very having a balanced diet. And by that, I don't mean you have to be perfect. Like every single meal has to have no carbs, no sugar, no fat, nothing. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that have just eat more than half the time, eat something healthy. And that can literally literally be like avocado toast in the morning or like some eggs or just having like a salad for lunch, whatever, whatever best suits you. Because the food that you provide for your body essentially is how your body begins to manage those levels of stress and those levels of depression and things of that nature. So your food is your fuel. If you eat poorly, you'll have poor fuel. However, if you eat healthily, healthily, you will have more fuel. You'll have more powerful fuel. So diet and exercise are very important things for being able to navigate those feelings of sadness, navigating those feelings of depression. So to conclude today's episode on how to navigate those feelings of sadness, I just wanted to highlight the important things that are to be taken away from this episode. And some of those things are accepting those feelings of sadness and understanding that sadness and happiness or emotions for that matter are very similar to nature. In that some days there are good days, some days there are bad days, and just like the tide of the ocean, the tide comes in and the tide goes out. But it's really important to not hold judgment toward these things that are so ingrained in nature. And human beings are nature. And with that being said, some days are good, some days are bad. But either way, it's okay. And some of the ways that you can have an outlet toward feeling sad is going to therapy, having that outlet to speak to a professional who can help you recognize those patterns that keep you in that negative loop. Um, Another thing that we mentioned was journaling, having that private outlet for yourself to get things off of your chest and put it onto a canvas so that way things don't feel so heavy in that moment, but also when you look back on it, you can understand how you've grown from it. So journaling is a beautiful tool to get things off of your chest. If you do have any friends, um, please reach out to them when you are feeling sad and those people in your life can really help you navigate how to get back to yourself and show you that you are loved, show you that you are cared for and show you that you're not alone however if you don't have any friends that's okay too there are support groups there are support groups for almost anything that you might be going through at the time whether it's you are sick or you are experiencing feelings of serious serious depression or you're confused about your sexuality or you're losing your house or a friend of yours has cancer there's so many so many support groups for people experiencing ptsd there's support groups for that as well so it's really important to 
navigate those resources that are at your disposal and that are so easy to find on the internet and so having a support group is also a really important tool for you to be able to relate to other people and the last thing that we mentioned was exercise and nutrition these two things go very very much in hand and something that i didn't mention before is that people even if you don't want to exercise you and it and you do have a strict diet not strict but relatively strict that can also help you with your with navigating those heightened emotional states whether it's negative or positive so even if you don't want to exercise having a good diet can also be really beneficial for you but exercising having that source of physical exertion is very important for managing your sense of well-being because the stress that you put yourself through at the gym can in turn help you navigate the stress that is outside of your control because when you're in control of your own stress the stress that occurs outside of your control is met with confidence and it is met with a calm approach toward those issues that you are facing then solving those problems are going to be much much easier so to end the episode thank you everybody who is still listening thank you to those who support me thank you for those who encourage me to keep on doing episodes i'm so grateful for all of the support that has that i've been receiving um, I do plan on continuing to do episodes. Uh, the next episode I want to do is talking about that hike that I did over the weekend and some of the problems that I faced, but some of the things that I learned along the way. So thank you for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Thank you for your support. It really does mean the world to me. If you want to reach out to me, you can talk to me on my social media. That is Colin Weinberger, C-O-L-L-I-N-W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. Or if you want to go on my website, that is colinweinberger.net. If you do want to be a guest on my podcast, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram. Or if you would like to hear a certain topic be discussed, you can also reach out to me through that as well. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I really appreciate you.